Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Facebook. Today's Wednesday, November 25th. Small Thanksgiving gatherings are in, big Thanksgiving gatherings are out, and we're focused on America's largest retailer and grocer. Walmart is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For many Americans, it's where they get their groceries, including all the fixins for tomorrow. For others, it's where they not only get their essentials, but also lots of their holiday presents, including those infamous Black Friday doorbusters. Amazon may get a lot more media buzz, but in the end, there is no retailer or grocer in America that does more business than does Walmart. And that gives John Ferner, its head of U.S. operations, one of the best views into how U.S. consumer habits have changed during the pandemic, including for this week's all-important shopping trips. It also means Ferner's got to begin planning for what we're going to do once the virus is in the rear view. So we want to talk to him about why Walmart is keeping closed this Thanksgiving Day, Black Friday, and what changes are here to stay. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by John Ferner, president and CEO of Walmart U.S., Walmart stores, the physical stores, traditionally have opened for Black Friday sales kind of just hours after people finish eating their turkey. This year, your stores are going to be dark until the actual Friday. Why? There are a few reasons, Dan, that went into this decision, but um, let's just start with with customer. Customers are always looking for great items, great deals for holiday. And and as you said, a lot of uh, customers spend time on Thanksgiving going through where they're going to go. And it's kind of a hectic evening and people are all around. And this year, um, because of the pandemic and uh, all that our teams have done for us, and I want to talk about our associate teams, they have done so much for their communities, for their teams, for each other, that uh, we decided we were going to reshape the entire month of November and give them the day off to go home and spend time with their families, which we're most excited about. And then uh, second, we knew that we were going to need to be more flexible for our customers this year. I mean, customers want convenience. They want speed. They want to buy things, whether it's shop in the store, pick it up, or have it delivered to home. It's really their decision. We broke uh, our event on Black Friday into three events. Uh, we've had two already. We've got another one that is actually on Black Friday. So no question that there will be a Black Friday event the day after Thanksgiving, but uh, that won't start until uh, five o'clock in the morning on Friday. Is this a permanent change, do you think, to your strategy, or at least for the foreseeable future? Well, I'm not sure if it is yet, but I can say a lot of what we've been through this year, I think it's here to stay. The customer is more digital than they've ever been. So many of our transactions are now originating online and and even finishing online with tendering online. And then there is our pickup business. It's really about the customer and the digital trends that we've seen are here to stay. And, you know, look, I think we probably would have made it to this kind of uh, shopping trend anyway, but it might have taken a few years. It might have taken three or four or five years. But uh, we've had this accelerant this year uh, with the pandemic and the coronavirus. And I think it's a lot of it's going to stick. One of the things that always seems to happen on Black Friday or maybe on the Saturday after is that we all see a YouTube video or two, often at a Walmart, of people kind of, you know, the doors open and people rushing through and then pushing and shoving and trying to get that big deal. You talk about how you will have a physical Black Friday event starting 5 a.m. that Friday. Given the pandemic and issues about social distancing, et cetera, how differently do you have to actually manage that 5 a.m. door opening moment? Well, it's a great question. And we've actually had a couple of events already this month. So you know, first is in line, we ask people to keep at least a shopping cart distance between them and other shoppers. So we want to maintain six feet outside. And then at our doors, um, we have associates that we call health ambassadors, and they are there to ensure that 
customers are wearing masks on our store, our associates are wearing masks. We've asking anyone who's in the environment to have a mask on and uh, we meet our customers. So we've got a limit on the number of customers based on how big the stores are. Unfortunately, the stores are big. So there is plenty of room to shop and to stay spaced out. And then, uh, you know, third, I think important is a lot of what we're selling for events are being purchased on the phone and then they're being picked up. So our pickup business, which really started a few years ago for groceries, we, in fact, we called it online grocery pickup. But as you know, a super center sells everything from windshield washer fluid to fresh tomatoes and just about everything in between. The pickup business started in grocery, but that's now become a great way for customers to shop all across the entire box. This will probably lead into grocery, but let me ask, I guess, more broadly, you talked about how you have seen a change in consumer behavior this year because of the pandemic, obviously a lot more curbside, more online ordering, et cetera. When you think of the year, you know, particularly in areas that were hard hit back in the spring, geographies that were hard hit, you see an increase in curbside in e-commerce. Did that abate at all over the summer as people understood more about the pandemic, maybe either got fatigued from the pandemic or got more comfortable? So I guess what I'm getting at is, how long-term do you think those changes in trends are? Do they really outlast the virus? I always say to my team that uh, loyalty in retail is, is the absence, absence of something better. So it keeps us on our toes. Not that we, we think of ourselves as, as paranoid, but we do want to have a, a level of healthy paranoia and think about what's coming next and stay ahead of where the customer's going. And I think what happened in those areas early on is, you know, first, there was the stock-up phase where we saw extreme out-of-stocks. The supply chains were stressed, the stores were stressed, the fulfillment centers were stressed. That caused us to actually pull back on the number of what we call slots that were available for customers to, to sign up for a time and pick an order. But as the slot capacity came back on and in-stock improved, really in the early part of the second quarter, middle part of the second quarter, we saw that trend continue and start to spread uh, around the country. It's maintained itself as a, as a strong way of doing business. And I think it will for a long time. And it's mostly just because it's, it's just easy. Are you seeing increases in curbside and online ordering now over the last, say, several weeks or month now that we have this third surge of the pandemic? I, I ask in the context of people who I know, friends who, you know, were doing online grocery delivery. They stopped for a few months and now have started again. We would have seen a pretty steady trend all year long. Now, it certainly moved around the country a bit. I think the wave that we're going through now with infections and we hope that we can get these numbers down as quickly as possible. They are in different geographies than what we saw early. So as you mentioned, you know, this started and really hit New York hard and the, the West Coast very hard at the very beginning. And then it, it moved around the country a bit. But this um, this is really what we think is the third wave. And uh, I think it's something, though, that's, that's here to stay. It depends on what's going on in your life. If you're shopping for a birthday present, that might be a time to, to do some window shopping. If you're going to redo a room, then you may be in the store to look over paint colors and electronics. But if it's your weekly grocery shop and you're busy, there's just really not much of a better solution than pulling up and having put in your car on your schedule or having it delivered at home. Speaking of grocery shop, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. What can you tell us about what you're seeing maybe in terms of changing consumer behaviors or different consumer behaviors when it comes to grocery from traditional Thanksgiving? Smaller birds and uh, definitely looks to us in the numbers and what from hearing that um, there will be more get togethers, um, but they will be smaller. And, uh, you know, you think about a big family that gets the grandparents and the kids and the grandkids all together. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, very different this year. In fact, you know, my family, I, I have four kids and, and three dogs and we'll be together, but we won't be with grandparents. It's just safer for us to stay separated uh, for them really more than it even is, is for us. So I think what we'll see is there'll be more gatherings, but they'll be much smaller. And in some places, um, there won't be guests. There are governments in the country that have asked for no gatherings and travel and Whatever the situation is, um, we want to respect that and make sure that we're here to support what's been asked of us. I'm curious, as a part of that, of course, you guys have to make decisions on inventory long before two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I would assume. 
did you at some point say, you know what, this is what we think. We think it's going to be smaller birds. We think it's going to be smaller gatherings, probably more disparate. When did you guys make that determination? And Kendall, did you make it in time? Those decisions were made months and months ago. So the trends we can see within the season, in many cases, holiday food or things that have what we call long lead time products in in many of our seasonal categories, you make those decisions uh, for the most part way in advance. Did you see this coming? And I guess I ask, you know, the CDC only asked people not to travel for Thanksgiving a few days ago. We're always concerned that once the weather got to a point where it was darker outside and gathering started back, that we were concerned about infections uh, rising. You know, certainly we couldn't have predicted it. You know, we don't have statisticians working on this full time like the CDC and other agencies do. What we've learned this year, and and it's just a good lesson uh, for any business, is always be prepared for the unexpected. And we had to think about contingency plans and and what we're doing with with holiday shopping, um, we have contingencies uh, that we always think about and try to think, you know, should the environment change any more than what we've already seen, then we'll be ready to react to it. And so the plan that we're running now is one of those plans. It wasn't the only plan that we thought through. We thought through several and we thought this would be the best way we could serve customers. And if they want to shop at home and or do pickup and be contact free, you know, that's an option. And for certain populations, that is the best decision this fall. John Ferner, president and CEO of Walmart US. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Welcome back. What we're watching today are Amazon warehouse workers in Bessemer, Alabama, who filed a unionization petition with the U.S. National Labor Relations Board. If successful, they might break the organized labor dam at Amazon, which has lots of unionized workers outside the U.S., but very few inside its home country, something that's generated more than the usual criticism during the pandemic, since such employees have often been viewed as essential workers. We're also watching to see what happens this Friday with TikTok, since that's the new deadline for when its Chinese parent company must finalize that divestment deal with Oracle and others. As for what happens if no agreement is reached, well, we don't really know. The Trump administration already kicked the can down the road once, and the courts keep siding with TikTok on its injunction requests, so this could just be another false start. Or I guess more specifically, another false stop. And finally, tonight, we will be watching a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, but not on its longtime home at ABC Television. That's because Apple TV Plus recently bought the rights to all things Peanuts, although Apple is making the special free to watch beginning today through Friday and allowing it to be aired by PBS. This is going to be the biggest bash of the year. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a safe and delicious Thanksgiving. And we'll be back here Monday, November 30th, with another Axios Recap.